Trevor Bauer through four. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to SaberCast. This is going to be episode six, and we have some great stuff to dive into today, man. Baseball is finally back, and I couldn't be happier, man. It is time. The 2020 season is going to be starting in about a month, so I could not be happier. It's a great time to be a baseball fan right now. I thought I'd have to choose between an IT degree and certifications until I found WGU. There, I earned both through one program. WGU prepared me to earn certs from CompTIA and others at no extra cost. WGU IT bachelor's and master's degrees have no set class times. Rather, students progress at their pace, completing as many courses as they can each six-month term. I graduated faster, and you could too. Learn more at WGU.edu. Howie Politics and State Affairs Pro offer insider election coverage, polling, and analysis in Indiana. Our nonpartisan news and legislative tools create a winning combination pro subscribers can't live without. For all the resources you need this election season and beyond, visit pro.stateaffairs.com in. That's pro.stateaffairs.com in. We're also going to be taking a look at the Trevor Bauer and Aubrey Huff beef on Twitter. I think that was um, one of the highlights of my week for sure, was reading through that thread and seeing uh, Bauer completely destroy Huff. So we'll be taking a look at that and uh, maybe talking about that a little bit. And then at the end, I'll probably give some of my playoff predictions for the shortened season. So it's going to be a good episode, everybody. Uh, Thank you for clicking. And here we go. Baseball is officially back, folks. A 60-game season has been implemented by Rob Manfred. That'll include 40 games in the division and then 20 versus the corresponding division. So NL Central versus AL Central, NL West versus AL West, NL East versus AL East. Makes sense. So that's how the 60-game schedule is broken down. Uh, There's a universal DH, which I am all for. I hope that they expand that past 2020. Um... It's no fun watching pitchers hit. I'd rather watch somebody who gets paid to hit, hit. This 60-game season also does not have an expanded playoffs like had been rumored with all of the proposals going back and forth between the union and the MLB. So that's pretty interesting. Um, It'll just be the same format as years past. And then for some reason, in extra innings, we're going to be starting with a runner on second base. That makes absolutely no sense to me. I don't like that one bit. I don't think that that's going to speed up the game any. I just think it gives an unfair advantage to, you know, the team that's obviously hitting at that time. And, uh, you know, they didn't really do anything to earn that guy on second base. So why should you start with it? I get it's a ploy to try to speed up the game and, you know, get through extra innings quicker. But I like watching extra innings. And typically, you know, when a game goes into extra innings, it doesn't last but maybe 10 or 11 innings at the most. It's very rare that games will go past two or three extra innings. So I really don't understand why we're doing that. But anyway, uh, for the scheduling, looks like July 1st is going to be the first day of the new spring training. And then uh, later on that month, we're going to be having our opening day. July 24th for 26 of the teams, I believe. Maybe it's 24 of the teams. I think it's 24 of the teams. And then... The day before, on July 23rd, 
we're going to have a few primetime games, which should be amazing. And I think we're going to be seeing Garrett Cole's debut for the Yankees on July 23rd, probably against, well, if it's against like the Red Sox, that would be amazing. Yeah, so that's something to, to really look forward to. Lots of great storylines are going to be going on in the MLB this season, so I'm really excited for everything to get kicked off and for us to get you know back into the rhythm of playing. Rosters are going to be looking a lot different to start the season especially. Um, looks like teams will be running with a 30-man roster for the first couple of weeks, and I think after 15 days they have to trim it down to 28 and then down to 26 a couple weeks later, and then there's going to be no expanded rosters in September, like we have seen in years past where teams will pull up minor league guys to get in some reps with the expanded rosters. So none of that in September, but to start off the season, yep, 30-man for a couple weeks. So, I mean, bigger bullpens, I guess, 10-man bullpens, maybe like a six- or seven-man bench, depending on how teams want to run with that. Um, it should be pretty interesting, and it'll give some some teams some time to figure out you know, what works for them and experiment to see what players can step up and uh, contribute in this short season. Another little interesting tidbit, a uh, little rule change to the 60-game season is that the injured list for everybody this year is going to be 10 days. There's not going to be you know, a 60-day IL or a 15-day IL or any of that. Um, it's just you're on the 10-day IL or you're not on the IL at all. So that's something a little interesting that, uh, that's going to be going down this year. So overall, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty happy with how all the rule changes are going to be going or um, you know how how the season's going to be going down. I'm just excited to have some baseball, man. The only problem I really have with the season is starting with a runner on second base and extra innings. I don't see what the point of that is. But uh, otherwise, I am all for how everything else is going to be going down. Maybe I wish they would have had expanded playoffs just to give you know teams some more incentive to, uh, to push harder for the playoffs. But uh, no expanded playoffs, it's all right. I can live without that. Universal DH, love it. Hope they keep it past the 2020 season. Hope they keep going with that. And um, so, yeah, hopefully that works out well. And, man, baseball is finally back. Can't believe I get to say that. Now let's dive into probably what was outside of, you know, baseball coming back. Probably the highlight of my week, man. Seeing this Trevor Bauer and Aubrey Huff arguments on, uh, on Twitter. Oh, boy, this was funny. So Bauer just started off by saying... He didn't even say anything to Aubrey Huff. He just tweeted out from his Twitter. He said, I have so much more I want to say about this whole thing, you know, referring to how the whole situation with MLB was unfolding. But out of respect to my fellow players, I'm going to continue holding my tongue. If any of you would like to talk about it, please hit me up privately. So so I guess people are going to DM him. Don't know how that's all going to go down, but whatever. Aubrey Huff chimes in, retweets uh, what Bauer said with a comment. He said, can we remind at Bauer outage, Trevor Bauer, of his career, 4-plus ERA, 3.5 walks per 9 innings, and 10 games over 500 winning percentage is a 4th to 5th starter salary in the MLB and maybe keep quiet before he's exposed, please and thank you. He's a great tweeter, MLB pitcher, that's debatable. So that was pretty interesting and just out of the ordinary. I mean, a 4-plus ERA he talked about, who cares? I mean, yeah, it's average. I mean, but Bauer is obviously... I'd say an above average pitcher for the most part. Um, at least he has been for the past couple of seasons. So Bauer is going to fire back here and say, uh, 
trying to tell someone not to tweet is, shall we call it odd, coming from you, Obs. <laughs> Here, have some more attention. I'll forward some followers your way. So, obviously talking about, I mean, Aubrey Huff has been exposed for his, you know, racist, insensitive tweets for as long as we can remember, man. He's just been super outspoken about his beliefs, and oftentimes it's been really offensive and just, like I said, man, downright racist at times. So Huff fires back. Attention is all you crave, Trev. I never had social media when I played. I was a team player. I wasn't trying to build an outside brand for fans to suck my blank. And then he called him another inappropriate name, uh, called, said he had low testosterone, and um, said he should inject himself with some. And then followed it up with make baseball great again. So there is that. Pretty interesting for him to be slamming Bauer for starting an outside brand, which is going to essentially build more popularity for the sport, I would say, or give more personality to the players so that, you know, because everyone knows like MLB is terrible at marketing its players. So it's really on the players to, you know, get themselves out there more. And I think Bauer's done a fantastic job of that, starting his uh, watch momentum company and all that. So I don't know really the point that Aubrey Huff's trying to make here, slamming him for, you know, being a, a guy and not just a player, you know? So Bauer's on the same page as me, I guess. He says, oh no, a random Twitter account word vomited at me. That's a phrase I've never heard, word vomited. That's pretty interesting. Whatever shall I do, he said. Apparently connecting with fans is a bad thing these days. Who knew? Thank you for recognizing my brand building ability, though, Obs. About the nicest thing I've ever seen you tweet. <laughs> I'm totally in agreement with Bauer here, man. Like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with building his brand up and building his personality up and, you know, sharing stories and everything like that for players throughout the league because God knows MLB can't do it. So I'm really on Bauer's side here, um, both logically and just because Bauer is just a better person in general. Huff follows it up. He says, the fact that you said in your first tweet, I'll forward some followers your way, tells me everything I need to know about you, Trevor. You'd rather build a brand than win. That's why I have two World Series rings and you jerk off to analytics spin rate geek fans like Keith Law. Huff had put out a huge couple minute rant about you know, sabermetrics, now it's killing the game. I think that's kind of how this beef between the most analytically driven and based player in baseball and Trevor Bauer and then this redneck and Aubrey Huff started. So that's what Aubrey Huff said. Um, pretty much just flexing his two World Series rings. And I mean, that's about it. Bauer comes back and says, I know some people are only capable of doing one thing at a time. Others of us can walk and chew bubblegum simultaneously. And if you want to talk about winning, a stat called wins above replacement does that. Me, 17.4. You, 17.3. Better at winning and tweeting. So that's, I mean, Bauer's driven through stats, and then he cites statistics, man, on fan graphs. Aubrey Huff only has a 17.3 fan graphs war, and then Bauer has a 17.4. So pretty interesting, um numbers there so obviously Bauer has done more than Aubrey Huff has in less time and Aubrey Huff is flexing his World Series rings that he contributed nothing to in you know 2010 and 2012. Bauer then follows that up with some screenshots says I come with receipts fun fact seems I was a better amateur player than you were too how does it feel to be dunked on by someone who is would you call me low testosterone? <laughs> 
man, Bauer was on fire um, when this was going on, man. On the 23rd, I guess it was early that morning. It was like 4 a.m. These guys were going at it. So I was not awake at the time. I just woke up the next morning and was watching, and I was like, dang, bro. Bauer is absolutely killing this guy. And he was just not slowing down. I mean, every single time that Huff had something to say, Bauer would fire back with, you know, actual numbers to back himself up. If you didn't love Trevor Bauer then, then I think you ought to love him now. Huff responds, I'll take these two rings over your 0.1% war advantage, Trevor. The fact that you value an individual nerd stat over team wins is textbook participation trophy generation. This is very ironic that he is, you know, he's always slammed participation trophies. I don't, I'm not one for participation trophies either. I don't think that you should get a trophy just for participating in an event, whatever. But this was very ironic to see Aubrey Huff slamming participation trophies while flexing the two World Series rings that he contributed absolutely nothing to in those entire postseasons. And Bauer's gonna, gonna um, fire back at him for that and cite some more numbers here. So Bauer just straight up says, those are cute participation trophies you have there, Obs. Thanks for sharing. Proud of you, little guy. <laughs> so that wasn't too uh, too offensive or anything like that, but uh, for sure got his point across. Huff also then responded to one of Bauer's earlier tweets about you know doing things simultaneously, where Bauer first brought up wins above replacement, and takes some screenshots from... Uh, from baseball reference instead of fan graphs um he captions these screenshots with hey sugar tits where are you getting your nerd stats from i had no idea what my career war was until you mentioned it so i had to check it out maybe research before you tweet trevor this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. So he cites baseball reference war, which obviously essentially can't be used for pitchers. Cites this where his war, Aubrey's is 20.5 and Trevor's is 14.8. And obviously in his mentions, he got absolutely crapped on by all of MLB Twitter, you know, talking about the differences between the wars and and whatnot. So so this is where Huff really started to expose that he really had no idea what he was talking about. Obviously, he's not into stats. He calls them nerd stats when this is one of the most basic concepts to wrap your head around wins above replacement, how valuable you are to your team. So Bauer's going to go ahead and respond here with the the screenshots from Fangraphs that he put up there earlier and said, welcome to the world of advanced stats. There's a lot to learn that can be confusing to the uninitiated. I can teach you if you want to ask nicely, princess. Oh, called him princess. Wow. Or we can just stick to your 111 batting average in the postseason on your way to earning your participation trophy. So there, he cites his his batting average in the postseason. 111 is what he hit in the playoffs on his way to his his World Series rings. So Huff taught, wants to talk about no participation trophies, and he contributed maybe less than nothing to his team in that time. Oh yeah, I saw a stat. He had a negative four 
weighted runs created plus in the 2012 postseason, I believe it was, or maybe, no, it was the 2012 World Series. Um, so I thought that was hilarious. I mean, how is it even possible to have a negative weighted runs created plus? That's absolutely absurd. Kurt Schilling is then going to chime in. So Kurt Schilling, also known for having very similar views um, as Aubrey Huff here, is going to chime in and bring up Trevor Bauer's drone incident, which apparently cost his team a game in the World Series that they eventually lost four games to three. But hey, he's got great war, he says. Makes absolutely no sense, um, what he just said there. Bauer then responds, he said, I mean, if you're going to consistently attack today's players for being less than you, at least get the timelines right, for F's sake. My finger was fine in the World Series, but don't let facts get in the way of your bitterness towards today's game, I guess. So that's true. I mean, he pitched with that that gross, bloody finger in the uh, in the ALCS against Toronto. I remember watching that game where you know he was wiping it against his jersey and it was just dripping off onto the mound and he eventually had to come out of the game. But yeah, he was fine in the World Series. He started a couple games and he actually broke those down on his, um, his YouTube channel too. He then pretty much double tweets Schilling here, um, also responding to that drone tweet, and said, also, we won the game in the ALCS that I had to come out due to my finger, so you're just wrong about everything here, including my war. It's not great, it's good. Wouldn't expect a butt-hurt old man to understand that, though. How about that wordplay? Didn't say butt-hurt, said butt-kurt. Kurt Schilling. <laughs> good one, Trevor. I mean, that was pretty much the end of the discussion. That was pretty much the end of the back-and-forth thread. Um, Huff then responded to Bauer, brought up the drone again, and his 0-2 record in the World Series that, you know, who cares about record in the first place than the two-game sample size that you have in the World Series that really doesn't even matter. Whatever. So that pretty much ended that. So Bauer absolutely killed this man. He absolutely killed Aubrey Huff, exposed his hypocrisy and the irony in his tweets, and then... Um, Kurt Schilling chimed in, slapped that back down. So Bauer, fantastic job. I love the guy. He's great for baseball. Trevor Bauer is one of the smartest guys out there. And, uh, man, that just even got me more hyped up for Major League Baseball, man. That was a big highlight of my week. So let's move on to our final topic, just looking at some playoff predictions for the 2020 season. Um, obviously the 60 game shortened season it might not be the same teams that we were all expecting for a 162 game season but I think that most of the same teams are going to be finding themselves in the playoff picture nonetheless so I do think that the NL West is going to go to the Dodgers again I don't see the Dodgers coming out so slow out of the gates that either the Diamondbacks or maybe even the Padres um, jump out in front of him for that so I definitely think that the Dodgers are going to be taking the West yet again. Um, the Central, NL Central, I'm kind of on the fence about. Obviously, I'm a Cardinals fan. I would love to see them win the Central again. I do think that they have a really good chance to repeat as Central champions. But obviously, last year, they didn't come out of the gate super hot. They were 500 at the All-Star break. I think they were 31-29 and 29 through 60 games uh, in 2019. So hopefully, they can get started a little faster and um, punch their ticket into October. But if not the Cardinals, I think that the Cubs are going to be a team that's going to be in the conversation. I think that they might win the Central if the Cardinals come out super slow. 
So I'm I'm leaning between Cardinals and Cubs. That's my that's my hunch right there. NL East, I'm going to go bold. I'm going to say I think the Mets are going to come out of the gates hot and win the NL East. So I think then that'll pin them against the winner of the Central because I think the Dodgers are obviously going to have the most wins in the National League. So I got the Mets winning the NL East. They got the pitching to do it. They have the bats to do it. They have one of the best bullpens in baseball, probably a top three bullpen in baseball. So it'll be really interesting to see how the NL East unfolds. I think there's really four contenders in that division, everybody but the Marlins, that could have a chance to come out and win the division, and maybe even the Marlins. If the Marlins are hot for the entire first 60 games, then maybe we could see them win the win the NL East. So it could really go any way. I'm going with the Mets. For the first NL wild card, then, I had whoever didn't win the Central, either the Cardinals or Cubs. I'm going to say Cubs because I'm going to say the Cardinals are going to win the Central. So let's have the Cubs as the first wildcard team hosting the wildcard game at Wrigley Field. And I'm going to say the second wildcard team is either going to be the Diamondbacks or the Braves. And I'm leaning more towards the Braves in this scenario. So that's going to set up a wildcard game between the Cubs and Braves at Wrigley Field. Moving on to the American League. Um, AL West, let's start off with I think the Astros are going to run away with that division and take the AL West title again. The only other team I could see maybe having a push for that would be the A's, but I don't see them overcoming the Astros. AL Central. This is going to be bold. I'm going to go with the Indians. Actually, I don't think it's that bold. I think the Indians are going to win the Central. I think they have the talent to do it. Obviously, they have the pitching you know, with Bieber and Clevenger, and um, and they have a not too bad of a bullpen. I think if they can maybe pick up like a Ken Giles or something at the trade deadline, which, oh, I didn't mention that. The trade deadline is going to be I think August 31st, so just a month later um, in the 60-game season. So anyways, Indians, I think, are going to win the Central. I think they have the lineup to do it. Jose Ramirez is going to have a good bounce-back year. Frankie Lindor is going to have a good year, as always. Carlos Santana. I mean, they definitely have the pieces to make a playoff push, especially in a 60-game season. At least I got the Yankees. By far, I think they're going to have the most wins in Major League Baseball. I'm excited to see what Garrett Cole can do for the Yankees, and uh, yeah, so I got the Yanks winning the East. First AL wild card, going with Tampa Bay. I think they host the wild card game at Tropicana. Um, I think they might give the Yankees a run for their money for the AL East title, but I think the Yanks are going to end up coming away with that. So that'll leave the Rays in the first wild card spot. For the second straight year, they'll be in the wild card. Second AL wild card, I'm going to go with the Twins, who just miss out on winning the Central. I do think that they still have, obviously, the power, especially the bats, man, to uh, to make the playoffs. So I'm going to slot them in in the second wild card, visiting the Rays in the wild card game. All right, why not? I'm just going to go ahead and go through the playoffs then. I've made my playoff predictions. I've made my bracket. I'm just going to fill that out real quick. So looks like we got Cardinals and Mets in the NLDS. I'm going to go with the Mets there. I, th- I would love to see the Cardinals make the CS again, but I think that the Mets pitching especially – is just too much for the Cardinals to handle a Cardinals offense that's going to be kind of shaky, especially without Marcelo Zuna. So I think the Mets are going to move on to the NLCS. We got ourselves a Cubs-Braves wildcard game. I think we're going to see the Braves come out of that. That's going to set up a Braves-Dodgers NLDS for the second time in three years, and I'm going to go with the Dodgers again. Can't bet against the Los Angeles Dodgers. So it's going to set up a Dodgers-Mets 
National League Championship Series. And uh, should be really interesting. Let's just move on to the American League then, and we'll uh, jump back to the Championship Series in the National League uh, once we're done filling out most of the AL side. AL wildcard game, Rays-Twins. I'm going to go with the Rays. I think that their pitching is good enough to get them through that game. I think they can piece together enough offense, um, probably against it would either be Barrios, maybe Rich Hill. And if the Rays were to start either Morton or Snell and then go to their bullpen, I think they are in really good shape to come away with that. So I've got the Rays coming out of the wild card to face the New York Yankees in an all-AL East matchup. Astros-Indians getting some 2017 vibes from this playoff matchup here. Astros, I think, are going to have home field advantage, and I think that the Astros are going to be moving on to the American League Championship Series to face the New York Yankees, who are going to make quick work of the Rays, either win in three or four in the division series. So we got Astros-Yankees in the ALCS for the second straight year. We've got Dodgers-Mets in the NLCS, two teams that were not in the same situation last year, obviously, with the Dodgers losing in the DS to the Nationals and the Mets not making the playoffs at all last year. So, in the National League, I'm going to take the Dodgers coming out of the National League, obviously. Um, I think that their star power is just too much for the Mets to handle. The Dodgers have the pitching. They might not have the bullpen, but they have the much better lineup. I think that overall, they probably have the better rotation, and I think that they're going to have the advantage, and they're going to come out of the National League win their third pennant in four years. Yankees-Astros here in the American League Championship Series, a rematch from last year, obviously. And I think that this time the Yankees come out on top. That's right. They've got Garrett Cole now on their side. He's no longer in Houston. I think that if he gets two or three starts in that series, depending on how the division series goes, then I think that him and Tanaka and Paxson are just going to be too much to handle for the Houston Astros, especially with that super heavy-hitting Yankees lineup. So, got the Yankees and Dodgers in the World Series, two of the most storied franchises in the sport, and that would make for a phenomenal seven-game series. I mean, phenomenal. And out of the World Series, I've got the Dodgers. The Yankees, I think, are going to have home field advantage because I said I think they're going to finish with the best record in baseball. But regardless, I think I've got the Dodgers coming out of that. You know, they're pitching... Bueller, Kershaw, Wood, Price, Urias. They got Jansen in their bullpen. I think that's just too good for the Yankees to compete with night in and night out. And then the Dodgers lineup, there's zero soft spots in that lineup. I mean, zero. And I think that they're going to topple the Yankees in seven games. I think it's going to be one of the best World Series that we've seen to date. And it should be really exciting. I think that the Dodgers come away with a World Series win in 2020 and I think Clayton Kershaw finally gets his ring oh if Clayton Kershaw gets a ring man I will cry I really want that man to get a ring I think that'll put so much more respect on his name so yep Dodgers over Yankees in the 2020 World Series that is my prediction I think that is the World Series matchup prediction for most of the baseball world so it should be really interesting to see how it all goes down so I think that's going to do it for me, guys. I really don't have anything else that I want to talk about. Um, there was a lot going on in Major League Baseball this week, so that made for some good content to be putting out here. Baseball is back. 
I am so, so, so excited, guys. You know, anything can happen in a 60-game season. We could see teams that we thought had no chance to make the playoffs squeak into a wild card spot. We could see guys hit 400. We could see somebody maybe make a push for 20, 25 home runs in 60 games. There's so much that could happen in this season. It's just, it's so exciting. And I am just so glad to have baseball back. I don't care where it's played. I don't care if there's fans there or not. I just want to watch live baseball again, guys. It has been way too long. It's been like eight months since October, since we've seen some live baseball. So anything works for me. Baseball is back. So yeah, like I said, I think that's going to wrap things up for me. Thank you for listening. And I will see you all next time. Peace.